You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to Unreasonable Fridays, not the brand name. The actual podcast is actually back for the first time in an actual calendar year. It's true. A whole calendar year. It's oh, shit. Ac- it's actually Friday. Oh, shit. It's you. It's me. Hello. Oh, hello. Um, fancy meeting you here on this podcast. Um, hi. Um, uh, I, uh, um, fancy meeting you here. You look great. Um, uh, I guess the people would want to know who you are and, you know, just tell them a little about yourself. They might have forgotten. I, I, I can't tell. I mean, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't, I can't blame y'all if you forgot who I was. It's been, it's been a year. 180,000 years have actually spanned in that time. <laughs> 180,000 years. So many things have happened. My name is Dasha Mitchell. I used to be on Unreasonable Fridays, and now I'm back on Unreasonable Fridays. Well, we never did the show. I refuse to do the show without you. I no. would rather have another show and call it something else, but I'm not going. If you're not on the show, we're not doing the show. Oh, this is just going to be a delightful surprise, and everybody's like podcatcher. Right. Tomorrow will be like, oh, what? Is this just a trailer for another show? No. No. This is, this is the actual Unreasonable Fridays. This is you. It's me. Doing it's that. us doing the thing. We're back, folks. I mean... I've been here the entire time. It's true. So only one of us has some explaining to do. Listen, I was in L.A. What? I was in L.A. What? And by L.A., I mean um, a white flight suburb of Arcadia. Um, I mean, I don't want to disrespect someone's home or whatever. But Fuck them. You can keep it. Like, Fuck you can it. literally keep it. You suck, Arcadia. That place, I felt like I was dying every single day. Go fuck yourself, Arcadia. Seriously, cannot. I don't know if any of our listeners were there when the Great Lemon Caper happened. It was just downhill from there. <laughs> the <laughs> Great was, Lemon Caper? You remember the Great Lemon Caper? Didn't somebody throw a lemon through a window? Someone threw a lemon through a window, and it was still under investigation. <laughs> The investigation was ongoing. I don't think they ever caught that particular assailant. I like to think that there's a cop, like a hard, li- like a cop hard on his luck, living yeah. on the edge somewhere yeah. in Arcadia. He's like, son of a bitch! <laughs> Every time he sees a lemon. Every time he sees a lemon and he runs people down. They're like, you're losing it, McCarthy. It's like tackling civilians, shaking down small children with lemons. Like grandmas with little grandmas shopping li- bags of literally, lemons. People literally in coffee shops applying lemon to things. Red lobster people shaking down folks in red lobster. We can't do that. Do like police brutality against lemon trees. Right. <laughs> literally shaking down a lemon tree to get more lemons, to get more information. This lemon tree knows something. We're pulling you off the case, McCarthy. <laughs> God damn it! Lemons! You go in his house. And he's got one of those, like, <laughs> those walls that have, like, the string between, like, mm-hmm. it's just pictures of lemons. Yes. <laughs> it's just a red thread and push pins and lemons. There's no such thing as Mongolian lemons, McCarthy. <laughs> Good team, Captain! Gun in your badge, please. <laughs> so, I was there. It was um, what it was. And uh, Althea's school is racist. That's right. The school is racist. Baldwin Stalker Elementary School. I hope someone's listening. Your school's racist. Fuck you. Fuck off. All the way. Racist. Um, uh, and then I got a job back in the Bay Area. Where the fuck you work? I work for a KQED public radio and Ooh. television. We are a public media organization. We are serving the community. I am the new manager of learning and the head of diversity equity inclusion that's right so when when people need to know how to act i show up you're a fucking sheriff i am it's true all the people all the minorities are all like touts people they i mean they really they're like she's here (laughs) do they run up to you with problems like do you have one of your coworkers run up to you with like a crying baby and -hmm. like a bloody dress yep Yep, that happened, and uh, actually, just I rolled out of town uh, just before I went on vacation, and everyone was presenting me with flowers. It was, it was delightful. That's right, because you brought peace. They're like, "Thank you so much." But will the peace maintain? Mm, well, I do have to return, so of course it will have to maintain. I just, I think I need to get um, what is spurs? 
<laughs> she yeah, needs spurs. some spurs. She needs spurs and a sheriff star. Like, just hear me coming. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> like, oh no, quick, everyone look not racist. She's coming. <laughs> I need some deputies, though. It's like too much work for just me. Well, yeah. At some point, like, shouldn't diversity like the pe- diversity people always be equipped with a diversity team? Yeah, if you're really serious about it, keep that in mind. Yeah, folks, for sure. That's how it works, though. Is that you start with one, and then she's a badass bitch, and then she expands her team. Like that's just that's what happens. So I'm gonna have a deputy, hopefully soon, and then it'll expand to the Magnificent Seven. That's true. This is how the Avengers started. I'm mixing all of my Western metaphors, though, but you know, you get the idea. It's fine. The movies ran together. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. Right, they ran together. They did. But the bottom line is, I'm there. I'm helping out all the all the teams that have been trying to get some work done for a while, but you know, they have actual jobs to do. Right. And so it's very helpful and interesting to where this is my actual job. I mean, how many of us? And I'm talking to all my folks of color out there hello, Um, are having to do diversity, inclusion, belonging, name it what you will, work regularly every single day. Right. In addition to doing your required responsibilities. Right. I mean, everybody's raising their hand right now. I I, I hear people through my my headphones. They're like, that's right. Yes, I have to do that. Yes. Yes. So my goal is to try and remove that work from your plate and take it on myself. And because I get paid to do that, I enjoy it. so much <laughs> so so much because i get to do it and i get paid but yeah so it's um but so i've been busy i've been a little bit busy with that um when you're trying to build a liberation empire within an organization it can just take up a lot of time right you know and it's hard work when you're doing it solo that's right that's why we've um politely given you the space to do that mm-hmm. to achieve black excellence I love black excellence. I love it. But I'm here to help even su- su- surpass my own black excellence by basking in Aaron's glow of black excellence. There we go. Let's be serious here. That's what's up. What's happening? It's time for a serious talk, though. Oh, no. What's happening? Why? I want to let people know that as a result of all this black excellence, we might be pumping the brakes on some of the soul crushing news. Oh. In an effort to, this is across the board. Yeah. In an effort to spare. My hosts, I am pumping the brakes on some of the aggressively terrible news that we routinely talk about. As an offshoot of the original podcast that will not be named, the, um, we are now walking farther away from it so that we can spare it. Because I want the sheriff to come to the podcast as a place of relaxation. I don't want it to be weight. Uh-uh. I don't want it to be work. So I'm just letting you guys Enjoy. know. I'm letting you guys know. We will be bringing the news. I actually have an idea about proper news. It's a surprise. Okay. But right now, just don't be surprised if we all go see Birds of Prey or something. <laughs> and then we talk about Birds of Prey for half an hour and then cut off. Come I mean, on. that could happen. Listen, right. a, a lot of really cool things have happened in the past uh, year. Uh, Watchmen happened. That was purely delightful. The greatest, the greatest show in television history. Yes, greatest. And um, uh, see, Lindelof tapped out because he got yeah. the, he got that smooth 100 percent approval rating from black people, and yep. he's out and before he like, fucks it up. I mean, listen, lessons learned, y'all. I need white people. Are you listening? Are you listening? Pay attention to what Damon Lindelof just did. Pay attention. He first he saw he got optioned by Watchmen by HBO, excuse me, and was like, I got this show Watchmen. So what did he do? He found all of the black people and was like, hey, yo, I think this show is about race. I'm not even convinced that he knew or any way that it was, but I mean, everything's about race, so it's a pretty safe bet. Right. So we went to like Core Jefferson and was like, this is about race, and Core Jefferson was like, bet? Okay. And then they did it, and now everyone, all the black people rejoiced. This is fantastic. We've never seen a black woman treated this way. It's black love. The Tulsa race riots were real. This is us feeling seen. Racial trauma. This is how you picture it. And Damon Lindelof was like, and you're welcome, black people. And I'm done. I like the discussion. He's like, so he's like in a party full of black people. He's like, so you guys liked Watchmen? They were like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, so... I should stop making Watchmen now. And they're like, you probably should. Yeah, yep, you yeah, should yeah. probably stop. Yep. Just, you should just, just like, 
even if they make more, just don't be a part of it. Yeah. Because then we're just going to, you'll be separate yep. from that. Don't be part of the brush fire. Just. No, 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 no. And just like, and someone like carefully slid him like a secret invite with like a, like one of those punch cards, one of those 10, 10 cup punch cards for cookouts. Oh. It was like, you've got 10. Here, right. you, here you go. Right. And it happened after he said he was not going to do any more Watchmen. Right. Because if he was going to do more Watchmen, we would have to be sitting there waiting for the second season. See whether it flubs a dub like a True Detective season two. Which oh, that doesn't know. See, listen, there are only odd numbers of True Detective. <laughs> there is no season two. It doesn't exist. It's not real. My favorite thing about season two of True Detective, if you ever watch it, which you should watch it, uh-huh. Vince Vaughn is a giant man. He's 6'6". Six, six. And watching them wedge him into every room in every scene was fucking hilarious. Looking at him act near the ceiling fan, menacing. And he's truly menacing because he's right next to the ceiling fan. Right. I, season, I just, the season every, wasn't good. I liked Vince Vaughn in that season. I like giant Vince Vaughn in that season. I'm sorry. He is, but he just... Wait, is Vince Vaughn racist? Vince Vaughn did something. Uh, probably. I mean, that's, that's a fair... <laughs> I mean... Listen, it's not unreasonable to, to just hedge on the side of, yeah, and then you can walk it back and be like, oh, no, 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 he actually, you know, showed up on the front lines and gave up a few roles to black people in the name of black liberation. He did that. Or he didn't. I don't know. I'm not about trying to follow up on whether or not white people are racist. Like, I just, I got to deal with what's in front of me at work. <laughs> Right, and that's why I'm letting people know that the format of the show is mildly changing. It will be a shorter show, breezier show, because I'm taking it easy on Dasha. Because I'm not going to have you dealing with family and dealing with white people at work and then having to go sort through all all the stories that you've been avoiding because you've been off Twitter, taking a vacation, and I don't, and I, I want you to, I just want, we, we need you on. And I can be, and I can be here. Oh yeah, Vince Vaughn likes Trump. Does he? I think so. Son of a bitch. Surprised by Vince Vaughn's chumminess with Trump? You shouldn't be. Oh. Oh. (laughs) That's literally to me. And that response I just had right now, I was like, oh, Uh, shouldn't uh, be surprised. uh, I was like, oh, it's Uh, normal. Oh, okay. The the actor has long been. This is according to the Guardian. The actor has long been one of the most demonstrably right-wing stars in the predominantly liberal enclave of Hollywood. His chat with the president is the least of it. Oh. So, yeah, he's um, six no. foot six of garbage. Oh, well, scratch that watching of True Detective season two. That season has no value, even with giant Vince Vaughn around the ceiling fans every scene. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Abort that. He was, he was, oh, he was in a movie with Mel Gibson, <laughs> um, which I could probably just stop there. But they were in a movie called Dragged Across Concrete. Have you heard of this movie? Um, I think so. Because they play I heard- racist cops. Right. Which I'm like, what? what? I remember oh. hearing about the movie, but I didn't know when it came out because I knew that they were talking about. I knew they were. I read an article about the movie because it's just racist. It's just racist cops. Why are, full stop. Why are? What is? What is? Is there? A, Hold on. Is there a turning point? Hold on. I remember this because there was a lot of talk about the tone deaf potential of this movie. Well, I mean, is it just like I'm reading the the Guardian isn't convinced that it isn't just like high budget trolling. Right. It came out last year. I don't know anything about this. And that's kind of I think that's just what's going to happen for this show. We're going to show up and. You know, I'll have been off of Twitter for like a week. I've been off of Twitter for six weeks, by the way. It started over Christmas vacation. It was right around Christmas. We had our Christmas holiday, Christmas Eve, big party, our Afro-Viking party. That's right. You heard what I said. Afro-Viking. Isn't 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 that culturally relevant to you? Yeah, my grandma's Norwegian. That makes me a quarter Norwegian. That means that I am descended directly from Vikings and I am black. Which would explain a lot, actually. I mean, I'm a warrior. The corporate beheadings of racists. Have you heard about the Lady Vikings? They were the ones who were the most badass. I am not surprised in the slightest bit. Yeah, that's why Like, I also feel like a a chumminess with the armor from uh, the Mandalorian. I feel like she's channeling a lot of Viking energy because she just like killed 17 stormtroopers with a hammer. 
well, sorry, spoilers. If you haven't seen The Mandalorian, I don't tell you. But yeah, she did. So I just I feel like that's my that's my spirit right there. Okay. That's her. That's but yeah, Afro Viking celebration. And I wasn't on Twitter. I was like, I can't be on Twitter. I'm too busy. I gotta feed fifty six people coming to my house. And then after like four days of not being on Twitter, I was like, I feel lighter. Like my shoulders kind of right. fell away from my ears and right. blood stopped shooting out of my eyeballs. Right. You know, it just sort of leaked out. <laughs> Some of more of a weeping thing it's as opposed to weeping. So just violently <laughs> shooting out of my eyes every time I saw something that like Trump did or whatever it was on Twitter because it really is the worst place that's ever happened. Um, and then uh, and then I just kept going with it. And some folks did dry January where you stop drinking in January, which more power to you. That's what you want to do. Kudos I, to you. Kudos to you. And if you manage to succeed, it's now into February. Good on you. Keep keep not drinking. I am not one of those people. I drank my way through January, but I was off of Twitter. Right. I just, I took the app off my phone. Right. And I did not miss it. There wasn't anything. There was one little moment where there was some back and forth about Letterkenny. <laughs> Which is a delightful Canadian show that I'm really into. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is the funniest show I have ever seen. Yeah, I think so. Um, everyone should take a look at it. Um, You're not going to understand what's happening, but you will be so intrigued and you will continue to watch it. My favorite thing about the show, and I'll just let it aside, is that I realize comedy now tends to go down a rabbit hole of negativity usually yes. like a lot of th- a lot of jokes are always very cringy because they always tend to brush real close to problematic right or just want to just dive right in the pool and letter kenny pumps the brakes in a lot of ways that regular comedies would go forward right and it stops and it stops itself and yeah. it has a bit about why it's stopping itself we're not and it's doing like, this. we're not doing this and this is why the characters themselves have an issue with it because the funniest yep. show i used to enjoy i used to like seinfeld Right. Seinfeld doesn't age well. Jerry is a sociopath. Yeah. If just watch that show and like and just watch what Jerry Seinfeld is doing. I am not entirely convinced that he wasn't a serial murderer because every time he would come into his own apartment, he was washing his hands. He was always leaving with like a duffel bag full of things. He totally had a murder kit. He was a serial murderer. It was him. Jerry. Jerry Seinfeld did it. Yeah, he did. And if you don't want to watch a comedy about a murderer, you can watch a comedy about um, rural Ontarians. I think so. They're Ontarians. They're from Ontario, Canada, in a fictional town called Letterkenny that's named for a British town called Letterkenny. I don't know. It's a bunch of... Listen, you got the Hicks, you got the Skids, you have the hockey players... You have the natives, you have the DGENs, you have Gale. I don't know how Gale fits into this. <laughs> um, but it is just exactly what was needed in the face of such horrible news everywhere. You just have like a group of Canadians who are speaking kind of the, like if you watch it, it's, it's available on Hulu. Right. I highly recommend watching it with the subtitles because while they are Canadian, they are country. And I can understand some of it because I was born in Minnesota and again, Afro Viking. There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of crossover, but yeah, they're just, it's small town people with big hearts who love each other. Even if some of them are, tr- are trash and they will call them trash, but then someone comes from out of the, the, the city and calls them trash and suddenly there's fighting. They hate people from Quebec. There's just, it's, it's a delightful program. It is a delightful program. You're, you were off Twitter. Yeah, I was off Twitter, and I just decided to read some books, which are, um, so you, you get some paper, and you and you type words on the paper. What? In, in order. They're kind of like tweets, but. That's not green. On paper. The papers come from trees. Paper does come from trees, but it's not single-use paper. It's you have it forever and you can then you can read it and then you can go back and read it again and read it a third time if you want to. 
So are we having a book club? Is a Reasonable Friday is going to have book club episodes? Because I'll read a book if you suggest a book, and we'll talk about it. Give I me mean, those books. We'll talk about them. I've read, I've read some books. The audience is ready to read some books. I've also read some long reads. I've also read something that, that, the, that the youths don't know about. Back in my day, they had um, long-form reading on the internet called blogs. What? I know. It, it's called a blog. I have been reading some of those as well. What? I know. It's just because I can't. I just. Um... I mean, it is. A, it is. One thing I realize about the news cycle is that you used to um, reading the news and then waiting for the reaction. It's one of the benefits of Twitter. Yeah. But now the reaction to things are so terrible that it's like the news is happening and it's bad news. And the reaction is generally this weird shirking of responsibility and yes. accountability yep. across the board. Across the board. And so you're just looking at things happen and then you're looking at people like gaslight you about what just happened. Yep. It's actually vaguely abusive. Yep. And so anybody who gets off Twitter is perfectly within their rights to do so. And that's why I'm saying is that we're taking the pressure off because it's not just you. It is everyone is tired of this. That tired. is fatigue of it's gaslighting fatigue because things aren't fine. Nope. And you go online and there are a lot of people who will argue with you that why things are fine. Yeah. And well, the things that aren't fine, the things that aren't fine, aren't fine. There are some things that are fine. There are. Right now, I'm sitting, we're sitting in my kitchen, as you can tell by the echo. Echo, echo. In the kitchen. And right now, things are actually fine in here. But if I were just to sit here and read Twitter, I would feel that everything was not fine. Right. And that is just not good for my mental health. Right. Because I know that things outside of my immediate space are not fine. I don't need to live with those things if I have the option not to. Right. And I understand that that's a choice and a privilege. I'm not currently in danger in the moment, but Twitter makes me feel like I am. Mm -hmm. And I just don't need to be in a constant state of like limbic hijack. Right. You know, where like your lizard brain takes over and it's like, fight, fight, freeze, troll, (laughs) yell things in all caps on the internet. Everyone is racist. (laughs) Like I just. Right. You're not the only one. Yeah. And it is um, it is fatigue. It yeah. is legitimate fatigue. Yeah. And I think now, years ago, I think people were, we were all kind of training each other to look at news sources and find news sources. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all sorted it out for the most part. There are enough of us on the internet that yeah. we just, we're now a little more diligent. And I think a cool down is recorded. That's kind yeah. of, I honestly think that's why a lot of certain like true crime podcasts and stuff are more popular than they've ever yeah. been is because I've, it, we're, we've now, we get the news and because no one's taking responsibility for the terrible things that we hear about, the nope. news has no value. I just need, I just need some, <clears throat> I'm not about that sort of the immediacy of the news. And I think that was something that was really tantalizing for right. a lot of people is that like you found out first you were able to like track specific events in real time. And there was a novelty to that. That was actually really kind of amazing. And it created communities. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of like scandal, highly tweetable show. The live tweet I think was invented during scandal, like the live tweet of entertainment. (laughs) And that was like the heyday of it. Right. So you can sit down and also like, you're still having to sit down at a specific time and place because everyone's watching it on network television, which is becoming less and less of a thing. Right. Right. And so that created community and that was delightful, but we now have, it's just, there's the tantalizing nature of immediate responsiveness to what's happening on the screen has become so damn toxic that I just, I, and overwhelming and I just need to disengage. I right. want to be able to read. I mean, I want to stay current with what's happening with the election. And I heard that, like, who is it that's still running for? There's like a couple of white guys who are still running for the Democratic nominee. <laughs> I just heard about Deval Patrick. Is he still in it? Sure. But sure. <laughs> I don't know. There's like, you know, various models of Nissan Altimas that are running for, for president. And Did like, you call them Nissan Altimas? You know, I mean, they're just kind of bland, <laughs> moderately expensive. They're fine. Like if you go to another 
city you go to kansas city and you're like i need to rent a car because i'm on here on business and that is the most accurate description and you of just them. Ha- and you just have like you have this like ultima or another ultima i mean i guess it's fine yeah like a sentra is a neon nissan sentra yeah, nissan maxima nissan ultima Ult- it's like these are the same cars it's, the same, it's just the same car just give me a fucking car i just got <laughs> I just, off the fucking plane give me a car right you have the the, the ultima like se and then you have like the limited oh edition and, like, oh. and someone's trying to explain to you the differences and that's the debates yeah it's that's like, just oh, like well God. the storage capacity of this one is two cubic feet bigger than and this one the trunk the the under the hood they've got oh. medicare expansion <laughs> 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 and like I just, I'll, I'm gonna, I can wait, cause like real talk, I don't need, and this, and maybe this is ignorant, but like I literally do not need to follow what the Democratic candidates are saying. There are some who I like, there's some who I don't like, but when it comes down to it, whichever one of those assholes is the one that's up against Trump, I'm voting for them. It doesn't absolutely fucking matter. They're right. ones that I would like. Yeah, that's great. But me watching them isn't going to change the outcome of right. how, where they end up. Me voting will. So I'm going to vote in the primary. Please, yeah. But like watching it isn't going to change it. So whether it's Mayo Pete, I literally sure. would, would hold my nose and like stuff an entire Popeye's fried chicken sandwich in my mouth while I was <laughs> checking the box to feel good about myself. I would. But watching it now and watching just the whole damn mess of the whole thing just doesn't do anything but make me really agitated. And that doesn't do anyone. It's one of the reasons why I'm not following it too closely. And I'm not putting it on anyone else to follow. Anyone who is just like, who do I vote for that isn't Donald Trump? Right. And that's it. Like, it's funny. For the most important election in the history of our country, it's actually rather simple. Very simple. Like we have Donald Trump or we have this sack of writhing snakes. All right. Cool. All I right. Mean, Long live president writhing snakes. <laughs> writhing snakes. Can we put little suits on them? And put little bow ties on it. Pick the biggest one and put a little bow tie on them and he'll be the one that speaks for the rest of them. I mean, honestly, if it's a big, it's, it's just really about is this bag of snakes big enough? Because I would love to be able to throw Putin in a bag of snakes and la- launch it into the sun. I mean, I think that that's fair, right? Like, if, is the bag of snakes big enough to take out? A like kleptomania, whatever it is, the kleptocracy of fucking Russia. I don't know what's happening over there. By the way, speaking of Russia, did you hear that they have a spy satellite that's spying on one of our satellites? So there was some. Uh, I think he was. He's a he's a um, a grad student, um, and he's following. Like he's writing his dissertation on like inner and outer Earth satellites. I don't know. Whatever. And um and he found this one satellite that was um that just basically took like a hard right turn, the equivalent of a, of an orbital hard right turn, to basically turn around, drop o- orbit, and come close to come within like surveillance proximity of one of our satellites. And you know, one, there was some thought of like, well, maybe it was just like, it's just changing orbit because satellites change orbit quite often, but it did expend a lot of its propellant to do that, which is you don't want it to do. Right. Like that's just not, you just don't blow all of your propellant in one day. Um, and it also is the way that, you know, orbits work is that you, it's, it's, it's elliptical. So like you go kind of higher out and you lower, I don't know, math. And um, when it's closer to our satellite is when it's out of, when it's within like the solar light and when it's back in shadow, it's further away. Right. So there's just like all kinds of like, this kid was just like tweeting all of this stuff. And then there was, then the guardian picked it up and was like, what is happening? And no one knows. That's, that's where we are right now. Is that like, there's nothing, there's literally nothing we can do about it. And of course you call up Russia and the Russians are like, uh, (laughs) We do not know anything of any satellites. It's normal. This how is what all your, satellites do. How is your space force coming along? We would like to find out more information about your space force. Oh no, space 
it's four. It's a lot of, we've played Halo, and we thought that it would be a good idea for you to be in the space with the military and, oh. the, and the guns. So yes, but the satellite we know nothing about. Yes, no. <laughs> yes, no. We know nothing about that. Yes. All hail Space Force, <laughs> USA, USA. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but yes, so mm, that uh, yeah, that was a sidebar. But basically, you know, and I heard about that. And what's funny is that that's a good story, right? Not everybody's heard about that. I heard about it like three weeks after the whole Twitter storm happened, and it didn't matter that it took that much time. No, well, I, also because there's no there's no more repercussions for things that happen in the news. No, like, do you know it's seventy degrees in Antarctica today? What? It was uh, 65, but I'm rounding up to 70 because I'm just fucking around. It's the warmest Antarctica's ever been ever. Wow. I did hear, I did read a story about how um, the Arctic is turning into a soupy mess because all the permafrost is melting. Right, yes. Also, that was published, I don't know, I mean. That was a month, that was a month and a half ago. Sure. But it doesn't make a difference because it's, it's a, still relevant because we have so much news. Right. So, I like mean, I the, said, the bottom line is we're all going to die. What I'm hoping for is for things to like. I watched The Thing. The Thing is my favorite horror movie of oh, all time. Oh, that's a good one. Right. I'm going to go get more booze. Tell us about The Thing. Can you do me a favor? You should make a jingle about you going to get a drink in the middle of the episode. Can it be the Bluey theme song? Oh, what's the Bluey theme song? <laughs> Hope we don't get sued by the. Uh, we are not. That song's been stuck in my head for three weeks. That's <laughs> fine. It's going to be the official Dasha took a break, <laughs> abruptly got up to get some more booze That's theme. perfect. <laughs> of Unreasonable Fridays. I love that it starts with mom, too. Mom! <laughs> That's right. That's me. <laughs> the, um, yeah, the satellite, by the way, for those of you who don't know how to Google things, uh, is Cosmos 2542. Is that the Russian one or ours? That's the, uh, that's the Russian one. <laughs> It's a Russian one. Ours is called like Space Force Dickhead 1749. That's the thing. I, if I was a Russian spy, if I was naming Russian spy satellites, I would name it something like John Wayne. <laughs> Hot Dog 74, French Fries 21, Dallas Cowboys 15. What are you talking about? These Dallas Cowboys seem suspicious to you? <laughs> Cowboys, it's, Dallas Cowboys, football, football. Hike we one love two. football. Hot, hot, one, two. What, what? <laughs> Spike the ball. Spike it. It synchronized its orbit with the very imaginative USA 245. So the Russian spy names would be more imaginative than the United States satellite yes. spy name. Yep. Which I'm certain that whoever is responsible for naming it, they post as empty as most posts in the United States government are. Well, I mean, didn't 17 people get fired today? From where? Uh, there was like a whole so Vindman, the the like I don't know dedicated State Department guy was literally like escorted out by security from the White House. He and his brother. How do I know this? You don't know this. Oh, I know that. That was the guy who was a test testified. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they yeah. Took him out. Yeah, we're doing yeah, the, yeah. we're doing that mob nonsense. Yeah, we're doing. Yeah, it's total mafia right now. So I just I. Yeah. But it doesn't do. It doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. It just means that like all of the folks who were like, well, it's still de democracy is still working. No, <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> no, it's just straight up fascism right now. I mean, he can I guess try to file a suit, but I mean. It's like really shitty mafia. Right. Because like nobody's going to get, at least from the United States side, nobody's going to get like stabbed and shoved in a, in a trunk of a car somewhere. No. But I mean, if Donald Trump pisses off the Russians enough, like he, someone's going to like stab him with an EpiPen of poison. The Russians. His head's going to literally pop in the middle of it. I <laughs> cannot imagine. State of the Union. 
as a, if I was a Russian operative that was concerned with this at all, I would never. Like, uh, the work is already done. Yeah, Donald you don't Trump need to has do already anything. damaged America, and the opposition has lost their goddamn minds. Yes. So it's like it's worked better than you thought, because even the guys who would oppose them are all just strangling each other in their ma- in their base. So it's like. It's like, I mean... I don't think anything's going to happen because Donald Trump is the most important political figure in the history of Russia. <laughs> right? So I, I mean, in, in Russian history books, there's going to be a whole chapter called Trump. Right. And that's the thing. There's no, How to overthrow America. Right. <laughs> so it's like, even if he were to go ahead and try to implicate Russia, even if he were to go ahead and try to turn back around. Yeah. There's nothing you do because the damage has already been done. Already done. Nobody pays Donald Trump any mind. And nope. now Donald Trump is, he, what are we going to do? We can't punish him. We're not going to go to war. With, we're not going to war with anyone now on his dime. We, we're now just kind of in this weird vortex. We are a Trump motel. Hotel. We are a Trump we are, hotel. We are all, all of America is, is, a, Trump is hotel. a Trump hotel. That yes. is correct. We're, right. So like, he, I, th- wasn't there an executive order that we have to turn everything into like neoclassical architecture? What? Yeah, I saw something about that too. That was on um uh it might have been the 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 paper of record which I finally canceled finally. The New York Times? Yeah, it took so long. I just I was so sick of their They shit. love they love racists there. They love them there. And I had this whole ass conversation with someone, you know, they have like their little chatbot window. <clears throat> and I wanted to I said, "Listen, I just I've been trying to cancel for like three years now. And I mean, you win sometimes where like I try to, I say I want to cancel and you say, please don't go. And I say, well, just cancel. And they're like, okay, it's canceled. And then I get charged the next month. Like I don't appreciate that, but then I get busy and then a year goes by and I'm still, and I then like something happens like 16, 19 where I'm like, cool, I'm going to read this whole thing. It just, finally I got to a breaking point. I was like, I'm done. So I talked to their customer service chatbot. I think it was a person. I don't know. Um, and, you know, they're like, can I ask why you're leaving? And I was like, because you privilege racism above and beyond. Clicks. Four clicks. Is that my theme song? Is it, are you telling me I need to get a drink? I mean. I'm going to get a drink. Here, I'm going to pour a little bit. Booze. Booze. <laughs> Um, but I try to quit. I try to quit New York Times, and I'm just like, listen, it's just it's racist. I can't deal with it anymore. I understand that your op-ed is different editorial than the others, but like, it's just it's your main pages are a problem as well. Like everything is a problem. Right. It's all a problem, and I don't want. I just don't want to send you any money anymore. I want my money to go to other people. What they tell you? They gave me some boilerplate response. I actually didn't mention the op-ed pages, and then they gave me a boilerplate. Re- response about the op-ed pages and i was like i didn't say anything about that so they must get this a lot they get it a lot yeah and i'm like i didn't say anything about that I, it's, it's literally like your front all of your bio it's deceptive i don't like it you're supporting like capitalist white supremacy i don't want to give you money anymore <laughs> you're literally a force of extracting black wealth i don't by me giving you money, you are actively extracting black wealth out of my community. I don't want to do that anymore. Please stop. And then it was like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And I was like, great. Can you make up for it by canceling my fucking New York Times account? Please. I'm going to send it over to some, you know, independent people who are publishing stuff on Patreon. Like, I just don't. Please, please just give me back my fucking five dollars. I just want my five dollars a month back. <laughs> I see it, but you got your money back. I did, and you know, but I mean, like now I can just you know I read my three articles a month still, still happens. I mean, stuff comes across my whatever. Right. I got a new phone, and so I had Apple News for a little bit, and I was reading that. Apple News is on it. That was they were kind of. I mean, kind of. Their algorithm is a little is a little funky. What's wrong with Apple News? Um, I mean, they, they're algorithm driven. And so much like Google news, you get some weird stuff. So like, it's like, we, we saw that from this, you're interested in, in, uh, sports news from Cincinnati. No, never. (laughs) How did you even come to this conclusion? What is happening? 
So the point of all of this is, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and all everyone, you don't need to read your news right away. That's the point. You don't need to. If If it's your job, I mean, okay. But like, you don't need to. I will read a, a wonderfully like well-crafted post-facto tome on what has happened over the past four years that is well-informed and cited and isn't just like jumping off the cuff for clicks and scoops because that is literally killing all of us. It's killing us. I don't want to do that. So I've been reading books. I read some Toni Morrison that was nice. What'd you read? Uh, Playing in the Dark. Read that shit. Yeah. Playing in the Dark is great. It's Playing just in a, the Dark. It's a nonfiction story about uh, blackness and whiteness in literature. It's great. It's everything. Read that. And for a while, it looked like we were about to go, or are we at war? We're not at war. Yeah. I mean, we're we, always, we're at, always war. at war. Right. We're but always at war. But like we were going to go to we war. We were about to go to war. And I believe it became official that we were not going to bankroll a war unilaterally started by one person without the um, <laughs> express consent of um, anyone like anyone. Congress or anyone else in the union or anyone in their allies or anything like that dude got got. And then it was like, uh oh, like, right. it, it was two. It was what? January 2nd. January. That was when I that was my active decision to get off of Twitter because right. I mean, real talk. So I was I mean, I was of a mature age. When we went into uh, Gulf War Two, back in right. two thousand three, I marched the streets. I did the things, and um, we went to war and have been at war ever since. And it was awful. Now, the rhetoric and the vitriol at that time was seemingly unimaginable. It was so bad, and we didn't even have Twitter then. So the thought of going through that again, but with Twitter, right. I just was like, you know what? If we're going to go to war, I'm th- goodbye. Like, I have to disengage from this. I have to disengage. I mean, we, I mean, Donald Trump tried to start a war to disrupt from his impeachment trial. Not understanding full well that nobody in Congress was going to convict him because they were all actively like, it doesn't really matter what he did. We're going to acquit him. But he's kind of a, he's wild. And so that the war, an attempt at war, was started to distract from it. Yeah. And but also the United States, several chunks was bipartisan. We're like, we're not paying for this war. And then yeah. all of our allies were like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So then he had to they said that them um, Iran was de-escalating was the is a quote. They we, they fired missiles at us, but they fired missiles in such a way that nobody died. They were just they blew up our infantry. Oh, up but yeah, our, that's what I heard, too, is that, well, um, well that's the they thing. just got some headaches and they're fine. And it turns out we've got like 70 like infantry men that have fucking traumatic brain injury really yeah they didn't die but they all have traumatic brain injury oh well, yeah but he played it off he was like they're fine they just got a couple headaches they'll be good walk it off well yeah well if anyone's going to um not acknowledge sure the um trials and tribulations of um <laughs> our armed forces who are kind of put in harm's way in there yeah. for no goddamn reason for no reason and it's gonna be him See, I feel like maybe I'm wrong. You let us know, listeners. Is is Dasha Mitchell super poorly informed about what is happening in the world right now, having not been on Twitter? Seems like I know quite a few things. I brought up things that you didn't know about. You're still on Twitter, right? I lurk. My favorite yeah. thing about lurking on Twitter is that everyone was like, Aaron, you need to be on Twitter. And those same people have now been pushed back into lurking on Twitter. So we're now all in the same Everyone's outpost down lurking. the desert. Everyone's just lurking because Twitter is... um. An accountability-free cesspool. Is there a way to like? I mean, I was on Twitter back when it first got started, and what was it, 2006? Right. It was this delightful place where people would just say, "Like, I'm going to the store." Tweet. (laughs) Social (laughs) media guys, am I right? I am. Wow. Social media. Wow, guys, who can hear me? Oh my God, you're all listening. That is crazy. That is so cool. They introduce they introduce photos, and everybody just like sent images of like their feet at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Just so many feet at the beach, (laughs) and that was delightful. And then, um, I don't know, Gamergate happened, and that was. Well, Twitter is where we deposit our anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. As it is not healthy to um, attack minorities 
or slam around your wife mm-hmm. or generally cause mayhem mm-hmm. the way it was before. Yep. All of our anxiety that we can no longer cast to people, we can no longer right. punch down, right? Right. It now goes on Twitter. Yeah. Which is why there's the fatigue that you might feel or other well, yeah, people Yeah, because I live with anxiety 24-7. So, right. like, I don't need... So people are putting their anxiety... To jump into an anxiety pool. Right. Like, go to a party filled with anxiety attacks. Right. <laughs> like, that just... That's that exactly it's, it. It's, it's a living nightmare going in there. Right. So anyone... So just to be clear, if anyone else feels this way, if anyone's listening and they're like, I kind of agree with this, it's... To put it in a sentence is that Twitter is now depositing all the anxiety attacks. They cannot throw anyone, anyone else yep. into the medium. Yep. Which is why there is a frightening lack of accountability in general a large amount of combativeness about things that don't really require a fist fight nope nope and also like you don't the dopamine hit that you get from the possibility of something going viral or being part of a conversation it just doesn't ever go anywhere you get the thing and then you're just like all right great and then you look up and you realize oh shit um that proposal that i was supposed to write two hours ago is still due and right and nothing in my actual like present life has changed at right. all if anything i've just missed out on things right so i just think if you are thinking about disengaging from something because it's overwhelming twitter is really a great place to start i did it on facebook a while ago like right. Facebook just became a place for me to automatically push Instagram for family members who are on it. Like I literally don't do anything on on Facebook, but it's, but Twitter is a place where I was actually sourcing my news. Like that was my, that was my news feed. Right. And that is not healthy for me. It can be healthy for other people. If you got checks, you're able to do it. It's totally fine. But if you're feeling like you need a break, but you're afraid to disengage, give it a try because you really don't miss that much. And anything that is worthy of attention on Twitter. So in the six weeks that I was off Twitter, my exception to the off Twitter rule was I was logged out. Was that if someone sent me a thread, like, Oh my God, you have to watch, you have to read this thread. You have to read this. And then it's just a thread, single link. You can read your thread and go back. So, I didn't miss anything that was worth seeing because I got it from folks. Right. So I sat and I read like Rebecca Solnit's Hope in the Dark, which is a great book about hope and despair in the face of war that she wrote in 2003 in the face of the last war that we started. And that was that was great because it was like, oh, we can also you can hold hope and despair in your head at the same time. And there was one thing that she said that that stuck with me, Um, you know, because everybody protested the war. It was the largest global protest in the history of the modern world. Millions of people protested this war because it didn't make any sense. and We all knew it. 9-11 happened and then we're like, let's bomb Iraq. Look, we have these diagrams and pictures of tanks (laughs) filled with oil that are also we should bomb these. And everyone's like, we can see what your picture is. And that doesn't make sense. And we all marched. And we went to war anyway. And I kind of filled this all with despair. And I felt really bad about it. She did raise one point. She's like, this may or may not have happened. It's a hypothetical. But it's something to think about. And it's something that if you're looking for hope in a situation, it might be able to spark that hope. Which was that there was a delay in the invasion. We knew that we were going to invade Baghdad. And then people marched. And then people marched again. They marched again. So there were all these delays because it looked bad. PR reasons. They were like, well, people are really pissed. And they're marching. And like, you know, we're going to invade. But like, we're, we'd go to Congress. People were calling their Congress people. Congress was like, we don't approve of this. They weren't approving of the thing. So like all of these things were happening that were, that were delaying what felt inevitable and was. And what she said was, well, maybe, just maybe in all of that marching, and everyone's screaming and calling their Congress people and taking to the streets in Ireland and Iceland and Nigeria and wherever. Maybe it gave some people some time to get out. Hmm. Maybe some people got out in time. Not everybody did, of course. Hundreds of thousands of people died. But some people got out. And it was because we took to the streets. So 
hold on to that. Hold on to that kind of hope. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep reading this book. <laughs> I just need to keep reading this book. Because if I go back to Twitter, I might die. <laughs> I might actually like just drop dead. <laughs> and so, yeah. So hold on to hope. That's really, that's really all we can do. Knowing that, be, while also being cognizant of all of the despair. There's plenty of reasons to despair. Don't get me wrong. But give yourself the space to be able to rekindle that hope again. And if it means taking a break from the news, taking the break from Twitter, spending some time to be present with a loved one, curling up with a glass of Rittenhouse rye. Listen, whatever it is that you have to do so that you can rekindle that hope that's what needs to happen and then hopefully when we all wake up from this goddamn nightmare we'll all be energized and ready to go because my god it's too much Aaron it's a lot happening yeah and it's all just going to keep happening so you don't need to absorb it all you just don't don't be human sponges of, of despair and anxiety and Trump no, just don't. Just um, because I also think that there's a, a certain toxicity that comes out of this too. Where like you know, having you know dreams about like kneecapping Stephen Miller on the street. I mean, it's a delightful image, but really that doesn't do anything for your spirit. <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> just as much as it's like, I would rather just take the energy of imagining kneecapping Stephen Miller and putting it into something else. You're right. You know, because like, it's funny. It's a good tweet, right? It's a thing that you could, and then that's it. And then nothing happens. He's still doing terrible things. You're right. Imagine kneecapping him doesn't do anything. It's true. Yeah. So just, you got to like, you know. So a little break would give people a little bit of perspective so they could take action. Because I find that there is a lot of... There's a lot of joy taken in the slam dunk, the social media slam mm-hmm. dunk over the actual action. Like um, when uh, Nancy Pelosi ripped up the Donald Trump's State of the Union address, a yeah. lot of people were being very snarky towards her, but she's actively been fussing against him forever. Yeah. So it's like she's earned. Like she's ta- it's not. It's not a. It's not a failed gesture. It's actually the pointed gesture after all this fussing against yeah. them for years. She's done more. She's it's- done more. Than most people have. Most, most you and me, every people who are yeah. trying to take make fun of her and respond with snark, have done. We, we, she's done more than us. Yeah. So because she's actually there. Right, and, and she's tangibly fighting in a way that the point is is that she's tearing up the State of the Union as an accent to lots of actions that she's taken in yeah. trying to yeah. um, unsettle the president who is actively being defended by his entire party. Correct. Except for Big Shooter Mitt Romney. Oh, Big Shooter. Big shooter Mitt Romney. Listen, I like the moment that I started to feel like kind of like, oh, he's actually listen, I that man did some trash, garbage, terrible things oh, in Mitt his Romney. life. Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah. He's terrible. He's just like getting close to death. That's all that's happening. He's like, I'm getting close to death and I'm worried that like I'm gonna go out as a footnote. So the conservative person that stands up against Trump, even if they lose, mm-hmm. will go down as a hero. Yeah. For lots of people. Once yep. we're done with this. Yep. They will go down. So the legend of Big Shooter Mitt Romney yeah. began this week. It did. They're, they're going to write songs about him. They're going to negate all the other shit that he did. Yep. Because he's white. You remember, he had a dog in a cage strapped to the roof of his car, and he went on a cross-country road trip. What kind of fucking sociopath? Wait, what? Does You don't remember that? No, yeah. I only remember I only remember Big Shooter Mitt Romney from Tuesday. No, they he they like took the family dog and put him in one of those like the carriers mm-hmm. and then strapped it to the roof of the car and then went on a cross country trip with the dog up in the bucket on the roof of Did the, the car. Did the dog outside. survive? Yeah, but like, why would? What kind but of? The, but the, I understand dogs hold their face out of open windows when you drive. Yeah. That does not mean their entire body needs to be have blasted with wind for miles and miles no. and miles. Was the cage like climate control? It was a no. warm cage, no, right? No, it was just an open, just one of those like pet carriers you have on the plane. In 1983, Mitt Romney drove 12 hours with his dog on top of the car in a windshield equipped carrier. 
Windshield equipped. Windshield. It had a windshield. There you go. I'm sorry. That's just. Nope. And also, have you seen him? Like, he's just. No. Right. But like I said, he's, he gonna, is, yeah. he's a legend now. No, they're going to sing like like big country songs like, you know, Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mitt Romney. That's right. Toss a coin to Mitt Romney. That's what I'm saying. Big, is, big shooter Mitt Romney. You know what? Like, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be like weird white people opera out of Utah singing about Mitt Romney. And I mean, like, whatever. Get, fine. <laughs> Again, like, I'm just tired. Like, I don't care. Like, it's just... The entire so I list also. Let's be clear. Every single morning I wake up and I listen to Up First in the Daily. Right. Yeah, I just do. Like that's how I know that. Like, it, how much is the world burning today? And I listen to weird Mike, Michael Barbaro and his weird. Here's what you need to know today. Like, what is wrong? Why can't he say <laughs> words? It's the weirdest thing. Anyway, but I listen to that so that I can kind of keep. You know, so I know that. Right. Do I need a? Is today the day that we need to run? Right. It's today the day. They had this whole thing about Mitt Romney interview with him, and he's getting choked up or whatever, and I just don't care. I right. don't care. Right. But these are the moments that, like, it's like with Nancy Pelosi, the way that her ripping up the speech that was treated, like you were saying, that was treated as the action, when really it was just the. That's just business as usual as a result of all of the other things that she has done. Right. And we're so obsessed collectively as people with the like the the hot take with the takedown with the like blah, blah, blah was destroyed on this or like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Petty's Berg address, which, by the way, that was a really good hashtag. I, have to say. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, wow, chef's kiss. But again, with that, it's like I also could go the rest of my life not knowing the hashtag Pettysburg address and probably be a better person for it. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't really matter. And it's, and it also brings to light the fact that it isn't about what Donald Trump says. It really isn't. Look at the shit that he does. You know, he banned travel from Nigeria. You can't come to and fro from Nigeria because he literally was just like, find another nigger country. It doesn't matter. Well, (laughs) that's one of the reasons why the election is the most important election. Mm -hmm. Because if he wins again, he's going to be empowered to harass the rest of us. All of us. Not just the brown people. No, not the ones who have like, just the rest of us. Yep. He's going to find some like Stephen Miller is going to literally dig up some ancient you're about to have some Negro curfew shit. Yeah, like Negro curfew or like actually they are all supposed to go back to Africa. We just like kind of ignored this one little statute that we never amended. Like that's what's going to happen. So like look at the actions of these people, not just. And the thing is, Twitter is obsessed with all of his words because he tweets a lot. And so people right. respond a lot. And it's like, look at what is actually happening, happening because he does stuff constantly but then he says stuff constantly and people get obsessed with the saying. Right. Focus on the doing. We're trying to figure out something that we can fix immediately, which we can't. No. And we're, and we're in a position where a lot of, where a handful of Americans are responsible for the future of America. And I think it's fucking with people. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where this election is so important. Yep. That I think it's weighing on people and they're acting adversely under the responsibility. Because usually we we treat voting very we treat voting very lightly. We do as yeah, a country. We, we do. do. We don't take it seriously. We don't take people. it nearly as seriously. And this is the first time where treating voting lightly has truly backfired. Yeah, all those people who joke vote for Jill Stein. Right. I mean, seriously. Right. I, I'm sorry. I don't care who it is that's listening right now. That you may love me and love Aaron and love the show and feel like you're super woke and everything's great. But if you voted for Jill Stein, seriously, walk outside, jump into traffic. Like you, like that, it was a joke to you. It was a joke to you. And it's not fucking funny. Cause look where we are. Like I want to vote. No. Right. And also where is she now? Right. So that's what I mean is we're now dealing with the weight of an important American event where American citizens don't seem to be ready for the way. Like, real talk, we should just all be like, who is the Democratic candidate? We shouldn't yeah. have a group of people who are like, say, if Bernie Sanders doesn't win, then we're not going to vote. There no, should not be a vote. No one, a start, not, I, 
slap I, yourself no, if you're thinking that. Slap yourself. I'll say this. I do think it is. A, just, I think it's very much a Twitter thing because Twitter is a unique echo chamber that is not representative of most of America. Most of America Fact. is probably going to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. Full stop. Yep. Bring your Uncle Joe. Yep. So I mean, he lost Iowa, but that's just because it's Iowa. Like he, and also Iowa. God knows what was happening there. Seriously, y'all wanted to use a an app for the first time as a citizen. Y'all, as a member of the Bay Area, I totally understand streamlining without any proper support <laughs> or stress testing of the servers. I've seen it happen. We're we're aware it happens. Adam so. Newman from WeWork came in and was like, "I've got an idea, guys." <laughs> Let's use an app. It's too soon. <laughs> it's the Wii generation. It's too soon. <laughs> but yes, we do have a, a large chunk of people who are um, acting out because of the sheer responsibility of this decision. So I see it. But also the decision is super easy. Listen. Right. If you funny voted for Jill Stein, who's now just like flying into space with Marianne Williamson smoking a joint talking about fucking Pamela Thelma and Louise <laughs> surrounded by crystals driving off a cliff crystals and sparkles right <laughs> except when they drive off the cliff they just literally fly away god bless those white women <laughs> those weird strange <laughs> white strange women. witchy white women <laughs> talking but, uh, about who knows what right <laughs> but like it really is like the right thing or the wrong thing like just it's not and i think we're overthinking it and it's bothering like the simplicity like, of the decision simple decisions create you ever tell you ever ask someone to make a yes or no answer to things it's the worst right they will melt down in front of you they, they will become a puddle don't. in front of you if you yeah. ask them for a yes or no answer for a certain things that are I've yes or no question i have seen it happen and i don't understand it because right. all i ever want in life is for someone to just yes or no right and i can just be like yes right and <laughs> we just, are we are facing the greatest yes or no question in the history of America. Yeah. And people are melting down in the face of it. They're trying to overthink it. Seriously. And watching that is not pleasant. So I mean, you, I swear to God, John McCain's going to win. Because people are so fucked up. They don't know what to do. <laughs> John McCain for president. John McCain for president, folks. But yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a matter of it really is like if by some weird miracle, like a plane crashes and Andrew Yang is the only candidate left with his jokey, non-serious ass. Like, I just cannot with him. But if it's him and Donald Trump, of course, I'm, of course, what are we even? Ta- why is this even a topic of conversation? It Of course, that's what's going to happen. So just like everyone just wait till, you know, either it's Andrew Yang or. What was the joke that I heard about Amy Klobuchar? She's she's full of vigor and she'll throw a binder full of big ideas. At <laughs> Whatever. Like the woman eats salads with combs. I don't care. It's not Donald Trump. Right. It, the, the answer is easy, everybody. Just vote. Just get out and vote. That's all. Just That is to say. Just vote for people. Don't overthink it. Please watch The Mandalorian. Watch The Mandalorian. Please read lots of books. Watch The Watchmen. Check out Letterkenny. Watch Letterkenny. Go see Birds of Prey. I'm going to see Birds of Prey at some point next week. We're going to see Birds of Prey. I mean, why not? You know, DC movies are looking pretty pretty decent lately, right? Uh, And uh, Joaquin Phoenix was like, we don't make this place welcoming for black folks. I'm complicit. I'm not doing everything I can do. Oh, he had a moment. Yeah. He, oh, went, he, he went, fell in love with a black lady. He read a book. He read a book, and then he's got a crush on a black lady somewhere. Listen. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, no. Listen. <laughs> However it goes down is how it goes down. Yep. The Joker was like, listen, we need to make this place more welcoming for black people, like I said. But then he did a mo- I mean, he just did a movie about, like, a white sociopath. Like, what? Okay. He had a he had a late night conversation with somebody. White people have a complex journey. They do. Very complex journey. I mean, it's my job to help guide them along the way. Right. Though I I have to admit, so any any white people who are listening, and you have a, a diversity and equity inclusion strategist on your team who actually does stuff, there are those who don't. They just sort of sit in an office and they don't actually do anything. But the one that makes people feel uncomfortable. Those of you, those of you white people that have DEI people who make you feel uncomfortable. 
it is actually true that my source of energy is white tears. It takes everything in my power to not jump across my desk and grab your face and just start licking it like a <laughs> vampire. <laughs> and we all share in this. Because white tears are delicious. And they give me power. The more you cry, the more powerful I become. <laughs> Mom! Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays. Help us to take over the airwaves and destroy centuries of misinformation perpetuated by colonizer propaganda. Or, you know, buy us a coffee and a few video games. <laughs>